Welcome to Lyme Time. I'm Allie from the Tick Chicks. We are all more than Lyme disease and chronic illness, and together we stand with you to overcome and rise. I'll bring you closer to the experts in cutting-edge treatments and even a few unexpected ways of healing. I'll ask the questions you want answers to regarding Lyme disease and successful ways of getting you closer to 100%. We are in this together and will not be defined by Lyme. Today on Lime Time, I am thrilled to introduce you to Sarah Quillen. Sarah is the Executive Director of ILADS, which is the International Lyme and Associated Diseases Society, and ILDEF, its sister company, and that is the International Lyme and Associated Diseases Education Foundation. An accomplished executive, Sarah brings a 25-plus year career working with nonprofits in the interdisciplinary health and human services community in the areas of leadership, fundraising, community relations, and programs. Prior to her work at ILADS, her experience included 10 years with the National Hospice and Palliative Care Organization, which is an association, advocacy organization, and foundation. Quillen demonstrates decades of service and leadership nationally in the health and human services industry. She has a deep passion for the Lyme and tick-borne diseases community and works tirelessly to expand the ILADS mission and bring awareness to the countless patients living with chronic inflammatory conditions worldwide. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And that was a mouthful. Congratulations. <laughs> it is. It is. It's not as bad as some of the others, but uh, but it, it's just it's just wonderful that you have come to uh, working with ILADS and really representing the the patients out there who have tick-borne illness. And as you know, it's just growing exponentially from year to year. It's it's getting a little bit out of hand. So what I wanted to do was have you be able to tell us all about the work that you are doing at ILADS and really kind of introducing us to your organization and giving us an overview of, of everything. But I want to start out with the mission uh, of ILADS and, and what the general sense is, what you want to provide to our community. Oh, that's a great start. And I'm I'm really excited to be able to talk and kind of reintroduce the world to the, the new ILADS, I feel like. And that actually starts with our mission statement. Our board got together last year at, at our um, retreat and made the decision to update our mission statement. I mean, yeah. ILADS is celebrating our 25th anniversary this year. Um, and in in 25 years, our our North Star has been constant, right? We're a, we're a nonprofit, um, international, inter multidisciplinary medical society, um, and we've always been dedicated to the diagnosis and treatment of Lyme. But we've also, as an organization, realized there's so much more to it, and that's why we added the complex inflammatory diseases. Um, and what we can talk a little bit more about um, some of the details of what that actually means. But so so as a medical society, we we promote awareness, we promote understanding, education of that complex inflammatory disease. Um, and it is a mouthful. And I, I will I, I acknowledge anybody that can get that out in, in one <laughs> in one shot. But um, but we we really are are out to educate the the clinician 
and and the public on the science, the research, what's out there. Um, we support that that interdisciplinary medical community um, and and raising those boats to um, to educate. And and I don't just mean the the folks who just deal with Lyme. I mean all practitioners, the 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 GPs, the infectious disease folks, um, all of the folks. Everyone needs this. Um, this education that we that we provide, and so uh, when the board um, last year updated that mission, they also kind of updated our our overriding strategic goals, and all of this is on our our website as well. And we're very proud of this, and we want to be able to showcase this. But I mean, truly, obviously, number one priority is improve the understanding of of Lyme and those other complex inflammatory diseases. But we also want to be able to um, review, develop, implement academic and clinical scientific research programs, um, all of that to enhance that understanding. Um, and, and then be able to support programs and healthcare providers and, and all the things for this, for this tribe that are serving the patient community um, and being able to um, be out there and provide the best medical care that there is possible. So would you say that your primary focus group would be the physicians and provide so, that extensive training to them? Yeah. So that's an interesting distinction. I think that I let that one of the many things that sets ILADs apart, uh, we're a medical society, right? So if you want to go into tax terms, we're, we're a 501c6, which means we're an association and our primary focus and our primary primary purpose is to serve those clinicians uh, and be able to make sure that they are equipped with the best education, the most up-to-date research and and technology and all the all the things to be able to provide the best care to patients. What it translates to is obviously the patient level. They want to be able to serve serve the patients. And so so yes, as a as a medical society, that absolutely unapologetically is our um, is our primary focus. And I'm I've only been here a year, but I'm fiercely protective of of all those clinicians and the work that they do. And I'm and I'm I love to be able to take credit for some of the things, but it's it's just some amazing work that they're all doing. So how many? Well, first of all, do the do the physicians once they go through this training, do they get certified as an ILADS certified doctor or something? Do, do they have a distinction? So that's a great question. And I think that's one of the big misconceptions that's out there. There's no Lyme certification. Um, there, there are several components to ILADS training. Um, and I, I do want to make one distinction. It's not just uh, doctors that are members. We have a a whole cadre of clinicians. We've got MDs, we've got osteopaths, we've got naturopaths. Um, it kind of runs the gamut of allopathic and naturopathic. And so to that end, the the education that we offer, and I can talk a little bit more about our signature offerings in a, in a minute, but all of that education is really around, uh, what do you hear? You, you always hear this Lyme literate that's that's always a phrase that that people are always showing. And I I think it's a great term, but I I like sort of sees that as the bare minimum, if you will. Um to, to be Lyme literate, that's just a small portion of the care and feeding that that we provide. And 
and your readers get this, or excuse me, your listeners will get this, and you you probably very much understand this. It's never just Lyme. It, there's always a whole host of other things underlying. There's Babesia, there's Bartonella, there's all kinds of things that rear their lovely, ugly head. And and this is where the complex disease comes in. It's because it's never just one thing. We we uh, kind of feel like that that Lyme literate is truly just a baseline. Um, mm -hmm. And and so we we start with that and and then go up from there with some of our signature offerings. And I, I'm happy to talk at at uh, yeah. at will of, of all of those things. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, and we will get into that as well because I have so many questions. Um, but but quickly, I'd like to know how you became part of ILADS and and your own sort of personal journey and mission and what led you to really your passionate work for the company. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, and I will, I will do my best to be short about this because I can talk all day long about this. Um, so I grew up in upstate New York. Um, I'm from Poughkeepsie and, um, you know, we, we grew up in and, um, up in the, the fields and, and the whole thing in Tickland, right. And, didn't really think much of it, and then um, went to college. and uh, And as you said earlier, um, with my thank you for my pedigree, uh, my most of my career has been in hospice and palliative care. And i I absolutely believe and understand and 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 see the comparisons between um, end of life care and the um, and the interdisciplinary team approach to the care of the patient and the family, that whole entire care unit is crucial. And um, so I came to ILADS through my professional network um, and the um, my predecessor um, was retiring and they went through a big search and, um, and a long process. And I I had been kind of familiar with ILADS, but not much. Um, and the, the familiarity came from my family experience, I, to my knowledge, have not been um, affected, been bitten by a tick and affected by it, but my father has. And over many years, he's probably gone through five or six bouts of Lyme disease. And yeah. and I, I this is where um, I, I cannot state how important it is to do your tick checks. When you come in from outside, first to to dress appropriately, to take all the precautions that you can, but then do the tick checks. And um, luckily, almost every time they, my father or my mother was caught it on him, um, and they were able to. Uh, they have a they had a great infectious disease doctor that that was able to treat, uh, except for the last time. Um, the mm -hmm. last time. He went undiagnosed and, and he had, you know, usually all the, the typical symptoms, right? He had the, the achy joints, the fever, the lethargy, all those things. And so he, he knew enough to go, oh, wait, this is not right. I don't feel right. Let me go to the doctor. So he was able to act quickly on it and had a good doctor that listened and understood and, and dealt with. But one last time he, he was feeling some issues, but tests didn't come up didn't come it didn't come out so all right must be i must be just getting old or such anyway long story longer he we found that he had babesia uh that was uh basically masking the lime on top of it so he kind of had a double whammy and 
uh, I, and this was several years ago now, and I still think he's suffering the effects of it because it went so long di undiagnosed and the treatment was really pretty hard and took a long time. And so, um, so my own family experience kind of made me aware more so of the need that's out there for general practitioners. I mean, any kind of, any kind of person in a clinical setting getting just the basics of what, what this can mean. And sometimes the, the basic symptoms that you see, there's other things underlying that. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I came to, um, came to ILADS. And the, the other really cool thing that I kind of bring to this role, I mean, again, my, my experience has been in marketing and fundraising and, and promoting and program development and all the, all the kind of boring admin stuff that's necessary. And um, I'm coming to this organization that's been around for now 25 years and has been working quietly in the trenches. And that that will just not do for me. I'm, I am not a quiet soul. I want to be able to shout this kind of thing from the rooftop. So being able to have now the opportunity to really like sit on the shoulders of these giants that have been practicing in the trenches and be able to showcase their work loudly um, mm -hmm. is just a, I don't know, it's kind of a dream come true, oddly for me. Wow. And, and your father must be so proud. And uh, not only that, you're sort of fighting on his behalf. And I think that's so important. I try to bring experts onto this podcast that have some sort of personal connection with Lyme disease and inevitably somebody always does <laughs> and <laughs> remarkably, but you know, it, it's important. And I think it's so important to those suffering from Lyme disease to find a doctor that has some sort of experience with it, personal experience, whether it's a family member or themselves. And if, of course, I'll repeat the famous saying, you don't get it until you really get it. You know, you don't get Lyme disease until you actually get it. And then you really understand it. And I just love talking to physicians that have that, that internal reference in their, in their mind and that they can actually really relate because if you, if, if they don't, I often have followers that are really trying to search for that doctor that truly understands because it, 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 as you know, the disease can kind of morph and, and look different. It's like a chameleon so many times. And, 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 and the doctor may just get exhausted or confounded. And that is what happened to my own personal physician. I, I think she thought I was crazy because I was going in there and she would refer me out to different specialists in in the, in the whatever was going on with me at the time in my body and we just weren't getting answers and funny enough i went i went back to her i i then went off on a different path when i when i did this, discover it was lyme disease and i went off on a different path and then i came back to her i was visiting the the doctor with a child of mine and she goes and by the way how are you feeling you know and I said I'm getting there you know and, and I said I did discover it was Lyme disease she goes oh yeah she goes you know I did I took a class in that <laughs> you know it's like a, it was some sort of a way off 
remark and I don't hold anybody responsible for not knowing exactly what Lyme disease is, but you know, it, that is where I think as patients, we are really searching for these ILADS doctors that have an understanding or care enough to learn further. And so I want to go into that topic of physician training, because when somebody says they're ILADS or have been trained or certified or whatever that the terminology would be, basically they don't get a certification as I understand it. They just have attended some, maybe, maybe your conference or that kind of thing. So I want to go into that. Where, where do these doctors come from? How many do you serve every year? What does that training look like specifically? That's a great question. And I, and before I delve into that, I want to come back a little bit to your comment about finding an eyelids doctor who maybe has had Lyme or related disease. And that was probably one of the most surprising things in my coming to eyelids. I have had so many conversations, one-on-one -on -one conversations with eyelids members. And I always ask them, just like you're asking me, like, how'd you get into this? Or how did you, you know, how'd you find eyelids? And more often than not, it's because their own journey took them through really the awful experience that I think so many patients have had of this, like, I'm not crazy. I really have something, but it's not diagnosed and I don't know what to do. And it, it, this, this increased empathy, I think is what ILADS members bring to their own practices. And I'm not saying that other practitioners are not empathetic. Um, absolutely. But because they have had this individual experience, it brings them to a, a whole nother level of, of care and feeding of their patients and patients. And I mean, with a CE, not, not a patient, um, because they realize it, if, they're trying some things, it doesn't work. They try something else. They they look holistically at the patient, understanding that it's it's not just, you know, pharmaceutical fixes. There's going to be all kinds of therapies that they're going to be able to need and and maybe some novel treatments that they're going to need that that aren't FDA approved, but um, but willing to try. And I think that that brings a whole new level to to the, the ILADS clinician. Um, and I just think that's just amazing. Um, and, and so then where we kind of come in and, and give that further component is in the education. Um, and I'll say our signature offerings that ILADS gives is um, our vector-borne illness fundamentals. Um, and it's so well-named because it is, it's fundamentals, it's the basics of uh, diagnostics and, and testing and treatment and um, goes into all the things from pharmaceuticals to herbals to um, hyperbaric things. I mean, it's all kinds of, it runs the gamut. It's, a, um, it's generally an eight hour course that we uh, offer at our annual scientific conference. Um, we try to offer it one other time of year if we can do like a regional conference. Last year we were in Hershey, Pennsylvania. We try to do something. Uh, this year we're also going to be in um, outside Munich, Germany in April doing the fundamentals. And then there's also the virtual um, offerings for that as well. Um, and the, the modules are really set up for any level of clinician from the from the 
the PA all the way up to the MD and, and even the, the PhD researcher, if they're interested in this kind of thing. Um, and it it literally runs the gamut um, of, of all things um, vector bore. And so that's the that's sort of the the crucial first piece I feel like to to ILADS training. Uh, the second piece to that is our physicians training program. And once you've completed fundamentals and maybe you've come to one of our conferences, you've come to you know you've listened to some of our webinars, you want to go that next step. Then there's the physicians training program. Um, and and in all honesty, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna work on changing the name a little bit because that's that's a little bit of a misnomer as well. Um, it's not just for MDs. Um, we really, we're, we're really trying to uh, make sure we we offer um, we offer uh, the again the gamut to to um, osteopaths, to um, nurse practitioners, to naturopaths. Um, we're we're looking at trying to expand that out, um, and and really the the key is if you're if you're actively seeing Lyme patients, we we want to be able to offer this curriculum to you. And the physician training program is super hands on, and I I think this is truly one of our signature pieces. Um, it's it includes shadowing with uh with one of our preceptors, one of our training physicians or naturopaths. Um, there's, there's virtual cases that there's in-person cases, um, there's, uh, several different, um, sessions that they'll go through. Um, there's all kinds of different shadowing. There's different case presentations. Um, we're really trying to encourage those, uh, those trainees to then, uh, go further with it and, you know, give a presentation at, uh, one of our, uh, grand rounds style webinars, um, you know, do all kinds of education furthering. And so that's really the second key component to ILS education. And then beyond that, um, I'm really kind of happy to, I'm sort of gonna um, lift the lid off. It's a little, it's a little early, but we can, I feel like I can talk about it. We are creating a fellowship program uh, and I'm, I'm super excited by this. This has been a labor of love with our, our board of directors and our leadership for much longer than I've been around. Um, and I, I feel so lucky to be at the at the end of that where we can we can get to launch it this year. Um, but that's the next the next stage of of training um, for folks, and those are really that's really going to set the leadership apart um, in ILADS training. I feel like, and, and then beyond what, that, what will that look like for you? So the fellowship program, um, we we kind of have a, a point system that we're creating right now to for qualification. Meaning, you know, so say you've been an ILADS member um, each year of ILADS membership equals like one point or something. Um, and then, in addition to that, you know, attending conferences, attending webinars, giving presentations at ILADS um, functions and and outside um, ILADS training as well. I just to digress for two seconds, I'm a huge proponent of, of all educational opportunities. Um, and ILADS has certainly not cleaned cornered the market on this. There's lots of different certificate programs out there and, and different practitioners are offering some really fabulous courses. Um, I know you've had um, Rich Horowitz and Tom Warcroft and, and um, Global Lime Alliance does some training. I mean, there's all kinds of different really great education out there. And I am a big proponent of if you really want to be in this field and do well by your patients, do all of it, do absolutely all of it. Absolutely. So um, 
So coming back to our fellowship, we're we offer certain points for all of the all of those different kind of outside ILADS training and such. And then um and then leadership. We want to we want you to demonstrate your investment in ILADS and ILADF proper. Are have you do you sit on a committee? Have you been on the board? Are you have you been part of um planning webinars? Have you have you given presentations? All those kinds of things. And then are you doing any research? Are you furthering the the vector-borne and illness um, uh, research narrative out there? Um, what are you doing to further this cause and, and really be a trailblazer in this? And so once you get that point system done, then there's um, then there's a whole process of there's there's a, an evaluation, there's a there's a quiz you'll probably take, there's a test, things like that. So. Mm, that's great. It's kind of yeah. like a star system. Exactly. Know, or, or or just a way to sort of really set those that are truly committed to the process apart and give them the recognition that they deserve. Exactly. And I think that's that's really so important. And and I love that. I love that because uh they deserve that. <laughs> they deserve it because this is this is on the pres precipice of getting a lot of national, I believe, and international coverage. I feel as though Lyme disease has always, and tick-borne illness has always existed. But what has come out in the last 10 years, five, five years even, even just having certain recognitions from the CDC in terms of long haulers, mm -hmm. if you will, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I personally called all tick-borne illness to a real novice. It's all Lyme disease. And so when I say Lyme disease, that's what I, but it's not technically, but uh, it, it's just going to help so many people out there and, and provide uh, something to set these doctors apart. So I, I love that personally, because uh, I know you have physician referrals and that's a big part of what I try to tell people who are looking, actively looking in their remote areas. And thank goodness that there's so much virtually uh, offered to our people nowadays, but but that they are looking for that kind of a doctor that gets it. They don't need to bring them up to speed or anything else. It's incredible. And since so you mentioned your your conference once a year, and that just happened in October, right? So it's at every mm -hmm. October, and it's also open. Am I right that it's open to the public as well? Um, not necessarily. Okay. We, I mean, it's it, it it you if you can um if you can help out, we we do invite folks to help volunteer, and then we'll work with them if they want to attend a specific session. It's all um it's a scientific conference, so it's it is chock full of clinicians and researchers, and there's CME involved, and there's all kinds of things, and so it's it is pretty highly technical. Um, that's why they why we call it the scientific conference. Um, and yes, we just had it in Boston, um, and I would love to take credit for the incredibly robust agenda, but the the program committee team that puts this, that put, that labored over putting this program together really came up with a, an absolutely phenomenal program. And so this year in 2024, we're going to be in San Antonio, Texas. And yes, we always do it in the fall. It's going to be um, November um uh, 4th through 10th, somewhere in that neighborhood this year. And it's really, we're, we're joining the fusion of fusion of science and practice. Um, so it's bringing some of the fantastic research that is out there now. And, and to come back to your point, um, earlier talking about in the last like five, 10 years, 
there's been huge strides made. And I mean, for better or for worse, I think COVID has helped open a huge door for, for this work and for truly the understanding of this complex issue. Um, and, and it really has, um, I mean, the, just some amazing research that's happening that you may or may not even know about that's happening in the trenches. And we want to be able to showcase that, but then also help that help the Monday morning quarterback, right? We, we have this, this wonderful cadre of researchers and clinicians, and we want to make sure we're serving both components of, of the attendees of that conference. So I might be a clinician and I see patients all day long, what the heck do I care about research that's not going to even touch my front door for a couple of years? And it's really bringing that that fusion together. So we're we're really taking a, a new tack on making sure that we humanize the research, if that's a if that's a phrase, we make sure that the researcher can can translate the work that they're doing to that clinician. And here's why you here's why you need to care about it. And here's what it's going to do to help you. And is are there any kind of incentives for physicians? How do you reach out to physicians in order to invite them to come to the conference? So this is going to be this is huge. Um, I mean, we have we have a, a obviously our primary membership that we mail out to, but we have this fantastic. Uh, mailing list of of clinicians of of uh, folks who have accessed our um, clinician provider search that and have agreed to give us like their emails and their information and we we make sure that we send that information out. Um, one of the one of my big uh, my big priorities and and something I believe so wholeheartedly in is um, collaboration and partnerships. So I am. Uh, on this mission to to reach out and make connections with other clinical associations, other um, other Lyme groups in in the states and regions and such, and really make that connection with them to help each other. Like obviously, we want to be able to have you you know get our information out to your your members and such. But but this is not a one way street. What can we do to help you? And in this two way conversation. Um, has really been, um, I've been very lucky to be part of these conversations. And and um, especially, I'll, I'll give the example when we were in Boston, there's several uh, very specific Lyme organizations that are um, state and region wide. Um, and just having some of those initial conversations of, hey, will you be able to get the word out on this? But, oh, wait, 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 I'm not done. What can we do for you? How can we showcase the work that you're doing and help each other? Um, and that's been, that's been really fantastic. And that I, I've had good luck in, in my past positions and past lives um, in doing those kind of um, collaborations and I wholeheartedly believe it now. So I've, I'm on a, truly a mission to be able to get the word out to other, other clinicians through their associations, through other groups that they're part of, um, and through just this wonderful network of, um, of community practitioners and researchers. That's great. And I wanted to talk a little bit about what piques your interest in looking back on 2023 and looking forward into 2024 and beyond. What's exciting that that ILADS is uncovering or or researching or excited to to see on the forefront of Lyme disease? So I'll come back actually to my my talking about collaborations and partnerships. I I continually am in awe of 
some of the work that's being done, um, like uh, Laura McNeil at Global Lime Alliance and um, Noah Johnson at Project Lime, <clears throat> there's some there's some really fantastic work that they're already doing that ILADS doesn't need to redo. Uh, let's just work with them and see how we can make all of our voices louder. Um, so I really see those partnerships really growing in 2024, and I'm and I. I'm most excited, I think, to have more of those conversations. And I don't even know where they'll lead. That's the other fun part. Um, in in talking with some of the international organizations recently, I you just kind of go in with an open mind and like, what can we do together? I don't know. What are what are the gaps that you have that we can work with and vice versa? Um, and and some really kind of cool, interesting things are coming out of that. Um, so I really see that being a big uh, draw in 2024. Um, also, I mean, again, coming back to we're a medical society first and foremost, and I I want to I want to take care of my members. I want to take care of my my tribe. I want to make sure that we are giving them the care and feeding that they need, um, and that we're reaching out to new practitioners, uh, maybe so folks who are newer in this in this field, just coming into the field. Let's let's get you into ILADS and let's get you, let's get your feet wet and, mm -hmm. and really get you to understand um, what we have to offer and what our capabilities are. Um, so I really, that's going to be, a, that's a huge, it already is a huge focus um, for me. Then one of the, on the, on, so, so our, you know, you look at our, our, mem our um, mission statement and it's, it's education and research. And that's the other kind of cool part that, I see some phenomenal research happening in uh, in other organizations and uh, and some universities, and I absolutely love that. So where ILADS is going to kind of fit into that niche, we're going to do what we can to gather some of those data points. So we want to be a repository of of patient data, so that when someone wants to do their research, we have this cadre of data points already existing. Um, and we're we're still formulating that right now. Um, we're working with a whole group of, of true experts that are well beyond my education background, but I just sit in awe and listening to them to them go. Um, within ILADS talking about how, you know, how do we want to do this? Do we want to let it grow organically? Do we how flexible do we want to be in the data points that we want to gather? But the crux of it is there's this need for patient data on a much larger scale than I think anybody's ever done. Mm -hmm. And who but ILADS that has these clinicians with the data already there, let's let's gather that and let's be able to get that out and be able to help folks with it. So I see those are a couple of the big things happening this year that I'm really excited about. Yeah, that would be so helpful to just uh, start that and have it go on indefinitely and every year adding to it new patients coming on. Maybe it's just a a form that, you know, they can fill out online that's talking about how long they've had their symptoms and what that those symptoms look like. And also it could really help, you know, laboratories when they're developing testing and whatnot to understand uh, exactly who was not able to get proper testing because of finances and things like that. So I, I see that going in so many di different directions <laughs> and and certainly, and, and also kind of exciting, you're going to be 
doing some work or at least holding one of the conferences in Germany, which I find fascinating because they, as you know, in Europe are trying all kinds of things that we're not able to try exactly yet in the United States. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about what you're finding over there and what uh, you're hearing back from some of those doctors if if their uh, research is to um, be emulated here somehow in the United States. I know of a lot of people that have resorted to going overseas to getting some some new treatment for that chronic or post-treatment Lyme disease disorders. Um, and, and lastly, I just want to talk about fundraising. And I know this is one of your, your areas of passion. And what is it when somebody donates to ILADS, where is their money going? How much have you raised? Uh, what are you currently raising money for? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that. So, um, so one of the big things, so our um, ILADAP, which is the Education Foundation, that's that's the 501c3, and that's the fundraising mechanism for ILADS. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, all donations that come in, come in through ILADAP. And the, the sole purpose of that is to be able to help education, help with, um, with uh, furthering some of this research. So the big thing, so if you make a donation, um, actually uh, over 85 cents of every dollar goes straight back into the efforts that, that we're doing. I'm really, I'm very excited about being able to say that. Cause I mean, in the, in the challenge, the challenges that we have, we're, we're a very small, but mighty team internally. And we, we do everything on a shoestring and, um, and it's, it's impressive how much we can get accomplished with, with the, the duck swimming underwater. So with, with every donation that we get, we um, we really reinvest that into the clinical community. And so most of the money that we raise goes to uh, grants for, for clinicians to attend education. So it's to get them to fundamentals. It's to get them to um, the physician's training program and to the conference um, and to, to access our online learning. Um, I mean, some of these folks, you know, they're, they're coming from super rural areas or they're coming from from international. Um, we actually had a we had a physician come to Texas um, for the physician training program from Romania. There's no way she would have been able to pay for that on her own. And we were we were extremely lucky, in my opinion, to be able to offer these kind of grants to be able to get her here and and take this training and understand and really help further the ILADS um, the ILADS work. So in in different project land um, of research, this is really a kind of the one-off. We don't have a huge budget, obviously. Um, ILADEF is um, is not a very big organization. We're on, under um, under a million dollars. Um, and 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 if you know anything about research, I mean, some of the organizations that that I know you've spoken with, right? There's they take huge money. Um, so I I always feel like, well, we're we're really small in that. But if there's um, if there's a, a researcher with a really good um, concept that they're not going to be able to do the NIH application or that kind of such. We, we have some seed funding that we're we're able to help with that. Um, and actually, again, um, some of the the big the big campaign that we're working on um, that we will be working on is this uh, data gathering effort. Um, we have a couple of uh, donations that are um, that have sort of planted the seed to get this up and running. Um, and so we're going to be able to 
figure out how to how to gather this data and and what kind of repository to put it in, um, and then how can we get it back out to um, the folks who want to actually do the research. So that's one of our big initiatives. Um, but really, truly, I mean, we're we are mission simple. It's it's education and research. That's really where where we um, we live. That's 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 good enough because we need it all. We need all that <laughs> we can get. I'm hoping that some of uh, when you do when you speak about doctors or or physicians or healthcare workers coming over from Romania, for example, that they're somehow put in your physician referral as well because. Um, we, I get a lot of questions from people from other countries that really, that their, their countries still don't even acknowledge Lyme yeah. disease and they're really, really suffering out there. So I know your physician referrals services is, is great. I often refer people there. So now, oh, now hopefully with the new rankings, the board certifications, if you will, but the fellowship <laughs> program that you have they'll be able to find some really good ones out there and, and ones that are really, really committed to this. So very important stuff. And thank you so, so much, Sarah, for coming and visiting and talking and chatting and enlightening us today. I I'm very excited about everything that you've had to say and, and about your commitment to our physicians. I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there are thinking to themselves, how can I get my doctor to one of these conferences? <laughs> because they're just trying to get them to understand and really just trying to, you, you don't want to leave. A lot of times people don't want to leave their doctor because they've been with them for years, but they simply don't have that further education. And speaking from somebody that was not diagnosed for six years on the West Coast, Nobody ever asked me where I had traveled or anything else. So we, mm -hmm. we think it doesn't exist on the West Coast, but it actually really does. And it's becoming more rampant, um, especially in Northern California. And, and our, our doctors just really don't understand that you can go and contract it somewhere else and bring it back. And that now it's actually endemic to the area. So it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. And I love our discussion today. And I hope that you will pop in from time to time to tell us the latest and greatest with ILADS because I'm, I'm a big fan and a uh, big fan of Casey Kelly and everybody there. I've had them all. And, and I can't wait to feature more of your doctors on my podcast. Well, that's where I actually want to express my gratitude and fangirl a little bit to you, Allie, because I, I am so excited that you have this platform um, and you have some, you have a wonderful population of dedicated listeners and followers, and, and you have been able to use this platform to get the word out so much wider than maybe any of us could have done combined. And you you have had ILADS leaders on on this on your podcast and you offer them as resources. And I I commend you for that effort because I'm sure it hasn't been easy for you. And I I'm sure it hasn't been I mean, I, I know a little bit of your your whole journey. And so you're able to bring that perspective to to your listeners uh, and and be able to go like, okay, well, here's here's some of the challenges that I had to deal with that I don't want you to have to deal with. And I, I think that's huge. And I think for any new person, you know, coming in off the street that doesn't that doesn't feel right, that they may have some, you know, something, but you know, you have to be your own health advocate. Um, that's always the 
That's always yeah. a So I, I absolutely commend you in, in this work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what I have to say, and before I had this conversation with you, I had just a basic, basic knowledge of ILADS. And I was surprised to learn that you are incorporating homeopathic and naturopathic uh, caregivers in your program, because I assumed wrongly that it was really all allopathic or functional or integrative, you know, to a certain extent. And uh, I, and I'm so pleased because really it's going to take everybody working together in all different areas. And as you know, you get so much symptom relief from so many other areas that are outside that Western medicine formula. So I'm happy to hear that because I, I really did incorporate a lot of everything into my own journey. So anyway, thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate it. Um, and everybody can find her at ILADS. And is there any, any other place that they might um, reach out uh, or see if what your findings are? You are always welcome to reach out to me. I welcome the opportunity. Yeah, if you go to ilads.org, it you have our you have my email, you have my you know our our contact. If you go on social media, we're at ilads.lime for Facebook, Instagram, all that. So yes, thank you. Please reach out. Absolutely. Will do. All right. Thank you again. Thank you, Allie. Take care. You too.